Heavenly Father, we glorify you as we worship you. We thank you Lord that you've given us another day. Another privilege to serve you. And another privilege dear Father to sit at your feet and listen to you. You've given us a chance Lord God to check ourselves. While we are this side of eternity. Father may you open our eyes. That we may see what is needful. We surrender this morning to you. May you have the right of way, Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So before you sit, we can read our scriptures today. Um, we'll just continue with that preparation. But we'll look at another example. You remember 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11 that said all these things were written for examples. Now we're going to read Revelation um, that we read yesterday. Revelation 19, verse 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready and to her was, a, was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Tusanyuke tujaguze tumuwe chitibwa ye kubango bugole bomo anagwendiga butuse ne mukaziwe yetesetese nawe bo kwambala bafuta entukuvu enunji kubanga bafute eno byebikule byobutukirivu ebyabatukuvu uh, we can look also at St Luke chapter 14 tugenene muruka 14 the lord speaking about this discipleship mukama ngayogira kubera omugoberezi um, just to save time, let's read verse 33. But it all starts somewhere at verse 25. So let's, let's read verse 33 alone. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. The final one, Ruth. From the book of Ruth. The first chapter. Ruth 1, verse 14 to 18. And they lifted up their voice and wept again and Opa kissed her mother-in-law but Ruth clave unto her. And, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. 
Nagamara Bamuno agenze Azeri Abantube Nebakatonda Binawe Dayo Omogobedere. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following thee after thee, for whither thou goest I will go, and where thou lodgest I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more so, if out, but death part thee and me. Jori fira nze jendi fira, ira jebari nzika. Jori fira jendi fira, ira jebari nzika. Mukama ankole wacho, ira no kusinga o, wange chigambo chona, chirituwa ukanya, buenange waburo kufa. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. You may sit. Now yesterday, or last evening, I started speaking about making the bride ready. And we're looking mainly at um, Rebecca. Or toward the end, we, we looked at Rebecca. But more of it, the core of it was for us to get down to business with God. And quit all our nonsense. There is no compromise there. The gospel that you and I believe it came rugged. You hear the way the Lord Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He set a very high standard. That's what he wants. And that standard is still there today. What is required is for us to wake up. We need to wake up. It's okay. And um, realize the time we are living in. I'll tell you one thing. Most of the uh, what makes a difference in a service it is simply the attitude. If the attitude changes, everything changes. I've seen that many times. In what seems to be an ordinary meeting, there's nothing ordinary about the uh, service of the Lord. That's right. So, Listen to this. Um, the invasion of the United States. The prophet said, May this little audience on this day wake up quickly. Right now. 
before the end comes and catches us in this condition. May we be renewed ourselves. As the Bible said, you remember yesterday's reading? He is quoting it as the Bible said, Rise and shake yourself. And ask for the old way, which is the good way. And when you find it, walk in it. Right? And as we see the, the situation getting worse and worse. I, I was talking about attitude. Let me, let me just finish this. I remember one time being in a, in a meeting in Indola. I started preaching. And I was almost um, three quarters of the way. I was almost finishing. And the Lord just switched and I started talking about attitude. You know when a preacher is speaking the way I'm speaking. People don't expect God to be around there. Okay. So I started speaking about that. I said change your attitude. The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm setting on a mountain. I don't think he was flying up and down. He was just speaking. But that didn't make him less God than when he walked on the water. Okay, I spoke so much about attitude, I read a quote if I remember. Where the prophet speaks about uh, if you want to get anything out of the gift of God. It depends upon your attitude. And so I wasn't speaking very friendly like No, no, these spirits, these spirits they need Roughening up sometimes. Not your spirit. But there's another spirit that comes to settle upon people. And they don't realize that there's something wrong. But the Holy Spirit can tell. And he will rebuke that spirit and it gets out. So immediately I spoke like that. I spoke about attitude. And I was uh, asking a brother that usually moves with me, Brother John. He had been in meetings, very powerful meetings. If you judge or gauge power by what happens in the meeting. Where great things happened. And I asked the brother, Brother John, was I speaking any higher or any rougher than this? In the other meeting, he said, no, just, just the way you are speaking. But things were happening. Even the falling of the Holy Spirit. I don't, the day when Peter was speaking to 
Cornelius' house. You think he was jumping up and down? Just look at the text. Look at the way he was speaking. It was ordinary. But the attitude of the audience. They had Cornelius had already seen the angel. He was in anticipation. He knew this man was coming. He's, he's coming to tell me what to do. He is not coming to demonstrate or to dance for me. He is coming to tell me what to do. So he had the right attitude. And while Peter yet spake, God started confirming from heaven. Attitude. Now on that particular evening, in just a little talk about attitude. And a visitor. That was all along seated there. First time. He had never been in our midst before. Gentleman. When the attitude changed in the audience. The devils in that man. Immediately started reacting. And he kept screaming and screaming and I wasn't touching him. And I could see everybody like woke up. Amen. Amen. It was like something, hey, now there's God around here. So that devil was writhing on the floor and screaming. And oh, the gentlemanship went out. He was just moving like that. And I kept preaching. Same tone. Until the devils left him. And then I told them, you see what attitude does. Most of the time, it depends upon you. If your attitude is right, you get something out of every service. Okay, so let me read on. Um, in uh, the message, the junction of time, the prophet said, um, the church today, as it is laboring away under the task of preaching the gospel with signs and wonders following they are preparing for a miracle the rapture of the church and the going home preparing people getting them light and burdened from the things of the world and getting their souls set in the presence of God. And when Jesus does appear second time in glory, those who are ready will rapture. So preparing is not something 
light. From the moment you were called. You are not to waste any day. You start preparing. You don't know how many days God has given you to prepare. I remember one time. Uh, I was much, much younger than I am. I've been preaching 34 years now. I would go out in the, in the rural areas. Just hike get off the, 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 the little truck or whatever it is, walk for an hour. These grass-touched uh, houses and preach. So I chanced upon a young man and he believed. I baptized him. And uh, Two months later, you see, he had this, he had this habit of um, bringing along somebody, and I thought he was uh, outreaching or witnessing to other people. But he was bringing along a Jehovah's Witness. And he would sit there, listening not committing himself to anything. But when I leave now, to go back to my place, the Jehovah Witness, but Jehovah Witness begins to preach to this man. To tell him all that I had said was too much, it wasn't so, the Bible says this. And after some time, this man disappeared. He started missing services. And that Jehovah Witness was very happy. He took, took him back to drinking. And two months later, which was now four months from the time I baptized them. One night he is sleeping in his shack. After drinking. And what does he see? He just see the door open. Or don't know whether you call it a door. Everything was, you know, ramshackle. But it opened. And in comes a man, tall, you know, glowing. And he says, what are you doing? Why did you miss church? And it so happened that day, I had gone to that area and preached, and he was missing, of course. So that stern giant, looked at him and says, what are you doing? Why didn't you miss church? Get up and go back to church. And he jumped out of his bed and ran through bushes to the place where somebody, uh, where I was normally meeting the people. There was a certain house. 
Nagena mchifuwe na teda ngokusinka na abantu waluo enyumbe ya liwo. That would be 10 or 11 p.m. Chaba ngao sawa nga nya obatani zechido. And he started knocking. Nata niko kongona. So the, the, the brother inside said, what is it? He says, no, just open for me. Who are you? I'm so and so. Okay, so they open for him. And he comes in, he's trembling. Please pray for me. May he pray for you. You didn't come to church. The man of God was around here. Why should I pray for you? He says, no, 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 no. What I've seen. He's trembling. What I have seen. What have you seen? He explains what he has seen. So the man says, okay, let's kneel. All of us. He wakes up his wife. Let's all kneel and pray. But I can't pray for you. But let's just pray. So they pray, pray, pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, can you go now? He says, no, I can't go. Okay, I will escort you. Take you to your place. Says, no. Yo, let's just have an overnight here. <laughs> overnight, you're drunk like that. Overnight, Says yes. Let's have an overnight. So he's not going. And this brother has no option but to have an overnight. From that day. The man started putting up a shelter where we could be meeting. On his own. Says we're not going to meet outside the house. Alone. Alone. And he never missed church one day. Two months. Just two months after he came back. There was cholera in that area. And he was caught with it. And no one could visit him. That's how he went. There was no, no barrier. You know the government wouldn't allow people to come near. So it was a, a mass barrier. And I counted six months from the time he had believed he was gone. And in between, he even saw the supernatural. You can see how much God cares for you. Right? But God doesn't have to tell you, come on, go to church. No you must love him enough to do it yourself. So part of the preparations now. You've noticed I'm picking on the women because the woman represents the church. Very closely. And what they did, what they were, we should be too. Now, in the book of Ruth, we see somebody that was ready to go. Remember last night, are you going? I am going, I'm going. Everybody was going. And I salute you, I'm not questioning your resolve. 
those who were not here maybe you who raised your hands if, if you were not here last night we also need to know whether you are going or you have just come to visit church it's very important because those who are going they have a certain attitude in them which is not in the people that are not going as you can see those two women Ruth and Opa don't be deceived by the tears both of them wept my friend I don't care how much you weep at the water there. that doesn't shake me a little bit it is what you do after you wipe out your tears or after your tears dry. Even the escorts, they weep. They seem to be so serious. They also pretend they are, they are going. Remember yesterday I said, God is taking a people out of the Gentiles. That is about 7.7 billion people. God is picking one day. I don't know how many is to pick out of Uganda. If he picks five out of Uganda. Okay, maybe you feel that number is too small. You have to quarrel with the Bible yourself. But according to the picture of the Bible, you squeeze yourself in whatever number. Alright? You have to have quality. Not just anything. No bluffing. No nonsense. Quality. God is looking for quality. That's right. I've got so many other things I can read, but let me talk about Ruth. The other woman was, or the other church, the other church member. Remember they were in the same church. They were in the same family. They even sang where the family. But one was not going. Amen. The other one was going. Amen. And if you just go by the tears, you'd think what a wonderful bunch of ladies. All of them are going. All of them love their mother-in-law. All of them love God. But my friend, only those that are really going. They are the ones that stand out. There's something about them that stands out from the rest of the people. They are strongly resolved. Strongly. They are ready to lose everything. They are ready to forsake all. 
and that is part of preparation for seeking all is my brother sick here oh you are meditating okay. I'm very I'm very watchful. <laughs> okay, from Redeemer Redemption, the message Redeemer Redemption. And so Opa, a type of the church normally, the church formal, was willing to kiss her mother-in-law goodbye craving the things of the world longing for the things of the world many of you are like that yes you want to go but there's this craving inside of you I'm not I'm not here to blame you my friend. No, I know your intentions. Your intentions are to go, yes? Sure, but we must help each other to prepare to get ready. I am here to help you. To give you tips. If you are going, you must be like this. You must be like this. You must do things this way. And the standard is high. It's going to stay high. We are grown up women. We are reduced to tears. The standard was high. It was you go this way or go this way. You are this or you are the other. You can't be in between. Okay. She was willing to kiss her mother-in-law goodbye. Craving for the things of the world. And that old former life. Turned back to her idols. Because her mother-in-law discouraged her a little. That's what I love about the gospel. That's what I love about the Lord. He doesn't just flatter us. No, the gospel will come and Disturb you a little bit. Discourage you a little bit. God is shaking you. He wants to know whether you are genuine. This is what Naomi did. She discouraged them a little bit. Watch how many people will tell you they are no longer coming to church because they are discouraged. Some of them will tell you probably what was said from the pulpit. I am a bit discouraged what the deacon told me. I am discouraged what sister so so told me. I am discouraged Come on, nobody is going to carry on their back. You've got to fight your own discouragement. Your resolve to go must overcome anything that stands in your way. 
If we are all going, we all face discouragements once in a while. Real struggle until you cry to God. Lord, I'm going anyhow. Just help me. I am not turning back. I'm going forward. Live or die. I am going forward. Your resolve, your decision must be so strong that you defy anything that stands in your way. Remember you are going alone. It's individual. One out of seven billion. Seven billion people on earth. You are competing or you are struggling among the seven billion. If only a dozen leave in the rapture, out of seven billion, you'll be one of the dozen. That's how high the standard is. No flattery about it. It's not a local choice. It's a heavenly choice. Okay. And he says, well, that is the way with the lukewarm church member. Just the first little thing come along. They are discouraged. And willing to turn back. Oh, what a pity. This is what I was saying yesterday. We just look one another in the eye. Say, my, my brother, are you really going? Oh, you're just a time waster. Oh, you're just dragging me. Are you just delaying me? You keep me you keep holding to my hand. Like you love me so much. Asking me. Very dull questions. One after the other, you never learn. Ever, ever, ever learn, ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge. You know, some people feel like coming to the knowledge is not their responsibility, my friends. Watch the little children. For them, learning is a struggle. They put all their life, their heart, their strength in it. They are humble and fall. Sometimes cut themselves. But they will not stop until they know it. So don't just leave it like that. You are not going to plead ignorance. It's your duty to learn. It's your duty to understand what is required. So, if you're one of those that are willing to go back, or sometimes you get those feelings when you are discouraged, you start looking at the world with nostalgia. Miss those days. If I wasn't in church. If it wasn't for the message. 
that demon which is haunting you you must get rid of it that thought should never even come in your mind and when the devil knows you are resolved he stops suggesting those things when you hear him suggesting maybe you know you can just give up or go to another town or somewhere else not here where it is strict just know you have not decided and you can never bluff the devil he knows those that are decided the only thing probably will fight them directly. Just to slow them down a little bit. But he knows this one, that one will never ever go back. But truth, not so. A type of the bride. When her mother-in-law said, Now you, Ruth, you return back. She said, As the Lord liveth, I will not leave you. I will go with you. Your people will be my people. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. Where you are buried, I will be buried. Making her choice. Now that's different from Rebecca's choice. That's very different. But all these things happen in our lives. God is showing us this area. How the Lord leads you. How the angel can guide you to behave in a certain way. You see it in Rebecca. But how do you make a decision? How deep will your decision be? You see that in Ruth. They are all examples for you. They are reflecting back to you. What you need to do. In order to be ready for his coming. Okay, so. Ruth was willing to forsake her idols. Forsake her past life. Past life. I don't know how, can, how I can repeat that. Your past life. You cannot take both. God has called you out of your past life. He knows the kind of a life you are living. When he calls you, he's calling you out of it. All the entanglements, he has called you out of them. Get out of there. So Ruth, she had to forsake 
her past life she had friends she had acquaintances she had people who knew her if she was broke she, she had people who knew her she could borrow from them she was going to another place unknown where she had never been to live a life that she had never known and it was bye bye to the old life it's like i'll never live the way i used to again bye bye God wants to make you another person. Not a patchwork of the old life. But another person, a new life. You know many times when you start the journey, the Christian journey, you just don't know how much is involved. You think it's just a matter of stopping going to, to the dances and Now I've qualified, I'm going in the rapture. But there's a lot of your old life in there. That has to go as well. As you keep moving, approaching the hour, God will Reveal to you. You leave this as well. You are not going with it. You are going alone. You are going as you are called. And as you have been reshaped. Okay. So she was willing to forsake her people. Forsake everything. And return with Naomi. No matter what the circumstances, she was willing to go on. That is the way every man, every man, that's right. In, in that language, it's, it includes woman as well. So every man that comes. To Christ, must first be willing, regardless. I never, as a prophet, I never like people, I never like to tell people, oh, you're going to prosper and be a rich man now, and God is going to bless you. You ain't going to have no sickness. I don't promise them that. Because God doesn't promise them that. I say, if you are really born again, in your heart I don't care how rough the road gets you will still hold on, on to God's unchanging hand no matter what that lays before me if Jesus goes with me I will go long as he goes 
That's all that is necessary. Amen. That decision of forsaking all it is not popular. Could almost feel the brakes burning. Believers, you apply brakes. On the point of forsaking all. You want the preacher to say this and to please don't, don't mention the other. There are no limits. These women, Ruth. Rebecca, Rebecca, they were simply going to another place. You are going to another place. Another world altogether. And if you are going to another place, you start unloading, disinvesting in God may give you some blessings. Okay. God may bless you. Give you certain things. But you don't put your head in them. No. Those are things that are necessary for you. On the journey, that's all. Things that you are going to use. And one day you leave them here. Okay. I want you to see the resolve of two other women that decided to go. And those were uh, Rachel and Leah. In Genesis 31 from verse 14 and Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him is there any is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house are we not counted of him strangers for he hath sold us and hath quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. And then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon the camels. Nake dinereya nebadamu nebamugamba nti tuchali no mugabo obobusika mu nyumba ya kitafe tetubali wanga banagwanga jali kubanga yatutunda era nebintu byafe abiriri de dala kubanga obugagga bonna katonda wajje ku kitafe bwebwafe era bwabana bafe kale kakano chonna katonda chakugambye chikole yakobo nalyo kagulukoka neyebagaza abana be nebakazi be kungamia Okay, so those women, they, they realized there was no portion for them. There was no inheritance for them in their father's house. They had had enough. 
They saw how crooked their own father was. Upon their husband. Upon Jacob. Their father was ill-treating or stealing from changing the wages of their husband. So they decided no way. We are not staying here. We don't have an inheritance here. Whatever the Lord, whatever God has said unto thee, do it. In other words, we are part of, the, of that. They were true helpmates. Very uh, wonderful picture of a wife supporting a godly husband. Whatever the Lord has put upon you, just do it. Don't worry that we are going to be fussy we're going to be miserable. None of them ever started longing for their father's house. No. The only problem they did Rachel stole the idols. She didn't want to separate. She wanted to leave her father's house but take a bit. And that is a big problem. Most of us we are coming from separate different cultures. And that is I remember the brother Branham says culture is of the devil. Most of the detail of Satan's work is hidden in our cultures. You see when you come to church like this I don't have to ask you how many uh, what tribe you are? No. You are a brother, you are a sister. That's all. And I believe you have made up your mind, like I have made up my mind. So, so, how many tribes are here? I'm not sure. You're not sure. Over 50. Can you imagine? Over 50. In Zambia, we have 73 different different ways of doing things in the dark. Okay. Mm. And all that comes and converges in the church. And if, if the pastor started asking what tribe are you? Yeah. In order to research and, and see how to use What kind of church is this? Now they are asking what tribe you are. But mainly that's where your problem is. It is that unspoken area. Oh I had uh, Certain man, uh, just nice, good. Uh, 
He was from a certain tribe in Zambia. They believe in the, you know, circumcision rituals. So, until he had children, nobody knew. When he had a son, out came out that thing. And he started pronouncing how dirty people who are not circumcised are. And this and that. Can you imagine just sowing that in the church? And I come to hear it. So that's your tribal gospel. Which you are bringing in the church? It comes out like that. So there are a lot of things hidden in you. Maybe, oh, maybe the young generation that, that are born right in town and so on. The young ones that we are raising up in this church. I hope you don't have other doctrines at home. Cultural doctrines. There are some cultures that are very good in, in terms of keeping somebody clean and virtuous. But not all of them. So, this this beautiful Rachel, beloved, and the devil always goes to the one that is most loved <laughs> and works in that one. Hmm? Leah, for some reason, she didn't think she had any, any business to do with the idol. But Rachel was ready to lie. Lie to her own father. And hide the idol under her seat. So determined to take it. To the extent of lying about it. So determined to live your old life. That you are still lying. I'll tell you what. You need a lot of repenting. You need a lot of dying out. Because that is hindering your progress. It is those things you hold on to. When you hear the word of God preached and it touches anything like that, you become miserable like Opa. You don't want to cheer up because you got to let that thing go. So tell me, which culture is going to be among the bride? In heaven. The bride coming from all over the world. What culture is going to be there? It is the word. This that we are learning. 
That's, that's the culture of eternity. Everything there is governed by the word. Get used to that. I don't care how strongly you feel about your culture. Some people get reminded by their own relatives. The relatives who come in, they don't care what you believe. They will come in your home. Bringing the culture from the or wherever they stay. It's normal to them. But it's no longer normal to you if you have if you have decided you are going, you have decided to leave all rotten culture behind forever. All your old habits must remain behind forever. Amen. The church must be telling the pastor whatsoever the Lord has told you Amen. do it. We are going along with you. Don't worry about us. Like if, if, I, if the pastor says this feels, maybe so and so maybe some people will be stumbled. No. The pastor must be free as a bird in this pulpit. You must be resolved in your heart. Whatever the Lord is going to speak to the pastor. Whichever way. Don't you sit in that seat and say but now where is the pastor taking us now? Come on! That's not your business. You have decided to go. The pastor is busy. Making you start moving. Putting you in your, in your seat. Eh? Strapping you up. Yeah? In the, I'm, I'm imagining a rocket, right? It's squeezing you in Whether you are like this, you have to yeah. sit straight and put on this, everything. That is his job. Not to worry about how you are going to feel about it. No. Not to worry after a sermon that probably you are discouraged. A believer. What? I remember one, one so-called believer. One minister preaches something. Preach so hard and he's offended. No, 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 no. That, that minister must apologize to me. He apologize to me. Huh? And I said, the minister has nothing to apologize to you. You are simply a goat. Sheep, sheep for faith. Her rights. We are not we are not in a wrestling contest, my brother. We are all going. Right? We are like this. We are all going. 
If I'm staring, it's not your business to come and peep over my shoulder and see the speedometer. Just sit there. Hmm? Let me enjoy driving. Wow. If we told you, can you lead us for one month? Lead this church for one month. With all your wisdom. You just be yawning. Nothing in you. So why don't you let the drivers? Let them drive. And let them drive with joy. Amen. Amen. You are going after all. And they are taking you in the right direction. Keep going. Keep waving to the, to the crowd and the neighborhood. That is your business. If everybody keeps their position, we will move faster than we are moving now. Okay. Remember I said 34 years I've been preaching. <laughs> I know what, what goes wrong. What hinders the pastor, what hinders the, the, the believer. Bear with me. Let, let me disentangle you, remove some of those things that, that you can be free, right? Yeah. I just want to help you to go. Nothing personal. If we are going and we stop over some place, I don't know your places here. And you, you leave the vehicle. And you go lie in the grass. The grass. And you start. You, you fall asleep. Eh? Maybe we just made a short break. But you want your sleep. You are delaying everybody. We have a right. To disturb your sleep. So come on let's go. After all you said we are going together. We are not going to leave you in the bush. Praise God. So nothing personal. Eh? Nothing personal. I have my own couch also. So you leave yours also. So that we go. Right. Listen to what the prophet says uh, about um, the hindrances. In uh, the same chapter 31, look at verse 30 to 35. Genesis 31, verse 30. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou, thou so longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen 
My God. I missed the verse. Verse 30. Okay. Chapter 31. Nika kano oyagala nyo okugenda kubanga olumirwa nyo enyumba ya kitao na ye chewava oba bakatonda bange chichi. All right, this becomes a hindrance. Chino chafuka echiziyiza. The thing you left. Echintu chewareka. Has come back demanding its debt. Chifuse echiziyiza era chikubanja. The world is after you. Ensi ekulondola. Wanting its dues. Ngeyagala ebyayo. The demon can't let you go. Emizimu jiganyo kuta. Because you are holding on to something. Kubango inechintu chewekuteko which you should have left behind you are not divorced from those darlings of the world darling sins there must be a total separation and the prophet in the handwriting on the wall He says if you have ever read Hislops to Babylons and many of the ancient histories they worship roots roots from and that is some of the gods that it is believed that Jacob had stole from his father's father-in-law and taken over which he had to get rid of later when he went when he went worshiping god that is, that is in chapter 35 now Verses Verses one to But they had all kinds of little isms and things all in Babylon. That is why it is called it was called confusion. And in the serpent seed paragraph 103 just in part you know I'm not reading all of it. He says and then you remember even Jacob stole his father's gods and his daughter hid them under her and took them out there in the wilderness which defiled the camp later on that is the quarrel that i have with this One, it causes the hindrances. We have to deal with demons from your past. Which we should have left behind. But they are not convinced that you have divorced them. So they keep following you. You can never have a breakthrough. Because those demons 
They are running after you. Yes, you are a believer. Yes, you are the bride of Christ. With all that you are. Why have you stolen? And I like Laban. He wasn't talking to his daughters. He was talking to Jacob. And Brother Branham there where I read. He's mentioning Jacob stealing. When I can store the Babylonish garment. God simply said Israel has sinned. It defiles the church. It, it hinders everybody. So I have a quarrel with that. You are delaying the whole church. People want to Get dressed properly. To be harnessed in the spirit. To be flowing in the spirit. But there are demons coming in also. Frustrating and, and, and binding people. They, they, have, they have to struggle in the morning Pray Pray to break through. because of the things you are dragging along. That's the problem we have, especially in Africa, friend. We let go of the superficial things or the, the surface things. But we don't let go of the, those things beneath. There are some uh, tribes in, in our country that believe in polygamy. In that area, to have one wife, you are not man enough. So to preach the gospel in there, you just have to swing the battle axe. Because you find one out of five or two out of five, they have two, three wives. Now imagine if you have such a spirit, such you, you will gravitate to some message church that believes it's okay to have and you sit there that's the word hallelujah that's the word you find that even in Congo here a lot of that eh? people with several wives and when somebody says no you know we are under grace hallelujah and he will leave the pew come dancing towards the pulpit waving a hundred dollar bill hallelujah and come and slap, slap it on the water and the preacher takes so he knows if I preach this way, I will leave the pulpit broke. But if I bend it a little this way, I make a few hundred <laughs> US dollars. So you hammer that way. And another one will shout from the back. Hallelujah. 
You are not going to buy the pulpit. Just quit your nonsense. Get down to business with God. We are going after all. Praise God. Oh, uh, there's a clock right in front of me. Don't look back. That's not your clock. If it was <laughs> If it was for you, it would be here. Eh? You are meant to look here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So friends, that is a hindrance. Many people want to go. But there are these things that are they, they look obvious. But does the devil care that it, it is obvious? It is the obvious things that we assume surely the brother or the sister surely should know better than But you don't do it. You just have to be told. Yes. Wow. How many times are you told those of you that have flown? When you are flying. They will tell you like you are a baby. Now fasten your sleep belt. Push your chair upright. They don't care how many times you have flown. You must hear the instructions. Over and over. And do it right. So no assuming. Separation. God's covenant with Abraham, we know about Abraham. And I love the fact that it's a covenant with Abraham and his seed. We were not there, but we are covenanted. And the prophet says, and notice the first thing when God calls a man, he calls for total separation from the world. Separate yourself, Abraham. As soon as he got his call. Now, here it is. Every Christian in here that is born again, when God called you, he called for total separation. If he didn't, you got the wrong call. If he didn't tell you to totally separate, then you didn't get a call from God. You got a wrong call. God always demands a separation. Complete detachment. Let a believer be a believer. A Christian is an identity. It's a personality. 
It's nothing that you can you can try and mix this and this. No. Now I hope you got the right call. The call from heaven. And that you are heading there. If that is the call you got, it is accompanied by the instruction. You are called, separate yourself. From what, sir? From everything. Okay? Now, initially, you can't be tell, told everything the day you are being baptized. You are appointed to Christ. And you are saved by your faith. Alright? That's fine. But that only makes you a member of the church. Going it is something else. You are now saying I'm a bride. I am a special person now. I am going someplace. I will be the bride of Jesus Christ. That is God himself. That I will be married to God. I will become part one with God. As he is, so shall I be also. That is what you are saying. Are you happy with that? Yeah. You begin to put on, you be a partaker of his divine nature. Divine nature. And part of that stature of a perfect man is godliness. Godliness. In you there must be godliness. Exactly like Jesus. Everything that is in Jesus must be in you. And if you can empty yourself God can load in the right things. So I believe every Christian in here has been called correctly and it means you have to separate. It's nice to see, to look at Abraham. We've talked about Abraham. We've talked about Lot. Lot was just a hindrance. Abraham's father was just a hindrance. Now don't you don't you think Abraham's father was maybe a stepfather or some somebody uh, 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 like uh, on a stage a drama you know kids when they are playing they will say you are dad your mom and they know they are just joking Abraham's father was just as much as your father. If you still have a living father. Abraham's father was just fatherly like, like yours. Lot, 
Ruti. was as much nephew as all those nephews you have. And for him to take him, for Abraham to take Lot, he must have been so close and he may, he may have brought him up. Like his own son. Remember he had no son. So it was good to have somebody who is a nephew. They were close. Don't you you think you are closer to your relatives than Abraham was to to his relatives? Some people would even dare to tell a preacher you don't understand what it is. No, I'm not here to understand what it is. I'm obligated to tell you the, the whole truth. It's painful. Some of the separation is painful. If you are if you are you want to take them. Go, go ahead, convert them if you have the power. There's no quarrel if they are converted. But the worldly people. I can, I can feel the breaks there. They are bending. <laughs> Not so far, preacher. No. You have the same God that is God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. That is still the same God on the throne now. The same one that spoke to Abraham. He has raised me to speak to you. He has raised Pastor Gideon to speak to you. There is no new gospel for Uganda. You seek the old paths and walk in them. Don't try to change the path. You will never make it. Your lifetime is too short. Okay. So I would want to close, you know. There is so much. I'm, I'm sure you get the picture now of forsaking for that is the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you cannot forsake, forsake. Forsake is not carried somewhere in a, in a, in a trailer uh, or trolley. Leave it behind. Forsake all. Likewise, whosoever be he of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple it's impossible you may want it you may want to be the disciple you may want me to, to be the bride but if you are incapable of forsaking all that you have. 
I believe that's the language. With or without your permission. It's everything. You know one of these days we are going to have a shock. Some people will say, Lord, I, you know, I, I didn't know you just meant it literally like that. That's the way God speaks. He says, let there be light. You go ahead and say, no, I don't think you mean it, Lord. Yeah. Can you say that? He means it. Whatever he says. He means it. He knows you better than you know yourself. And most of you, the moment you forsake all, you are going to see a change in your own life. You'll be so free with God. You know, it works like, it works like, you remember Peter? He says, Master, what are you going to give us? Seeing we have left our wives. That kind of a prayer. You start praying like that. You get to business with God. Because now you know. You've left everything. Eh? So everything that you are going to have. You, you have to get to business with God. You start saying Lord. No more joking now. Eh? Now I have nothing in this world now. You are the only one I have. Hear me. Hear me Lord. Not... Eh? You are going to pray like you never prayed. Like you never prayed. And you're going to find God. He's so faithful. In his promises. You find him. At the very obvious place that you've been looking all the time. And you say, ah Lord. So you really meant it. You remember how. He tested Brother Branham. That hunting issue. Brother Branham kept his vow. And the Lord says, Oh, so you remembered your promise. I will also remember mine. I will never leave you for sick. Okay. When you get down to business with God. And God knows you are not going to any other shop. <laughs> you are now in business with him. He will get to business with you. Super fast. Amen. Ruth. She leaves everything. She says your God will be my God. I don't care where you go, I'll go. Where you die, I'm going to die. I'm not going to worry about my grave, my ancestral graveyards. She meant business with God. If there is a real God, let him show himself. 
Okay, and watch how God worked out things for Ruth. She happened or she chanced upon a field which was the correct field. Everything was going according to plan. The higher plan. Not skimming it and crooking your way. But God takes over. Okay, you mean business. You have left everything. You are, you are now depending upon me. You say, yes, Lord. Now I depend on you. If I die, I die. That's your business now to look after me. It's your business to heal me when I'm sick. Your you just have to be God now. You are not going to be my neighbor who doesn't talk to me. You are going to be my God now. That's what we need, dear friends. But you see, that can never happen. You can never come to that seriousness until you forsake everything. Then you are going to see. You move another step forward. You, you can say, Lord, I don't even have anything in this world anyway. If you leave me behind, I am the most stranded human being here. Because I've left all my dependabilities now. You just have to take me with you. Amen. Amen. Let God be God in your life. That's it. Leave everything behind you. Hold on to God. For dear life. For dear life, as a Lord, I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere You are my future. Mm. Wow. When you hear men of God say, for me to live is Christ. Wow. I was smiling at that in your office. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Hey, that comes out of... That's deep, my friend. You have no more purpose to live. You are seeing nothing there. You know I'm existing for Jesus. Without him, I'll be glad to go. See? Mm. Then you are ready for the rapture. You are preparing yourself. The bride has made herself ready. You make yourself ready. Use these instruments. Use these materials. To make yourself ready. May the Lord bless you. We'll continue. Amen.